faster than a speeding bullet, it's Cape Crisis, issue 13. Woo! The luckiest episode of all. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is your host, Henry Gilbert, oh, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter. <laughs> so glad that's back. <laughs> and uh, I'm here for another scintillating episode of our comic book podcast, where we talk about comics and sequential art and graphic novels, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm here with my regular co-host. Oh, me? Christopher Antista? That's right, Chris Antista. Of the of internet fame? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Internet I mean, isn't famous. Mm. And then uh, there's also on the boards... Tyler yeah. Wilde of more internet fame. Nice. Yeah, take that. It's mean, but okay. I know. And then mm-hmm. there is, lastly... Mm-hmm. Ann Lewis of magazine fame? <laughs> <laughs> Twitter fame. How Does about that? Does that exist? I think you have more followers than uh, subscribers. I think we... That was mean. Oh. That was mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Chris, going for the low blow. You're there. going places. Yeah, I, I haven't worked at print for five minutes, so I'm already to start slinging the arrows. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, guys, uh, it's been quite a week, huh? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I want to, uh, we're going to do something a little different, or new, this week. <gasps> I'm going to start off with a what you've been reading section. Oh. Talk about what we've been reading lately. So we kind of talk a little bit about what we've been reading, but uh, I don't think normally we've all read comic books in the last week, but I think this time we have. We have, I think, multiple special special situations. Mm-hmm. I'm, t- I'm talking like I'm an old salt <laughs> at reading comics. <laughs> I, think, uh, uh, I think Avengers got us all to care more about reading comic it, books. It did, and it hit a right, at a right time when like, I finally got comfortable with digital comics, which mm-hmm. I'm just all about now. And um, Don't shake your head, Anne. You'll have, no, you'll I, have your say soon. Was, what are you disagreeing with? How dare you? I'm not disagreeing with anything. Okay. Well, I'm, be, I'm already being combative. Hold on. I've got to take this back. Well, wait a second. All right. All right. Uh, but... Yes, after Avengers hit, every week Comixology has discounted a lot of issues of Avengers. It's mm. really confusing, and I don't totally like the system, but to 99 cents, mm-hmm. which um, I know we've had on, uh, like, underneath these episodes, there are links to buy trades on Amazon. So, like, at 99 cents, like, a uh, new Avengers breakout, is that... Yeah, the first six issues of New Avengers. Yeah, like the, the trade's like twelve out. bucks, and then on, through Comicsology digitally, it's less than six dollars yes. to buy that first trade. Mm-hmm. However, I can't afford to buy all of them, so I got to a point where I really, really, really enjoyed uh, that issue or that that storyline, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, now I have to go back and pay full price for digital comics, or wait for a trade to come in. I don't know what to do. I'm so conflicted. Oh, 99 cent sale again. And I bought um, the 1998 relaunch of Avengers, Avengers, the Avengers Assemble line, the first 12 issues of that. And mm-hmm. that is probably the furthest I've gone back. In ter- I've been reading a lot of new comics and then maybe some old DC trades. Mm-hmm. Th- those are always a little weird because they're self-contained, generally self-contained. Uh, yeah, they're more self-contained. Well, yeah. But this continuity is like... It's silly. The art is wonderfully '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's much sillier, and I think that not as rewarding as current comics for me. But it was, I'm still having fun with it. I'm still blown through Assemble. Uh, right now, they just escaped medieval times. Uh, yeah, that's all a '90 very Avengers. Silly. That's a. <laughs> yeah. it, it looks pretty silly now. I was gonna. Go, uh, what I read in the last week mm-hmm. was. Um, I definitely got into a big like old school Spider-Man mm-hmm. kick where I wanted to read. Spider-Man comics from ah. the uh, 
early 80s, before I was born even, written by Roger Stern in the uh, Hobgoblin storyline, which was really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But then to make... Then on the other side, I started reading very current comics. I read mm-hmm. the just-released most recent collection of Avengers issues, which was about 12 issues long, mm-hmm. that uh, take you through the rebir- or the, um, the return of Norman Osborn. It was a pretty mm-hmm. neat story. And then I also read, finally... They collected the first six issues of the Justice League relaunch. The jo- Jeff Johns, mm-hmm. Jim Lee one. Wait, are you okay with Jeff Johns? I meant to ask you this. Seventy mm, percent of the time, I know I'm you okay don't. You don't it. like his Lantern stuff. I no. Again, it's it's fifty fifty. Sometimes okay. he writes really good stuff, and sometimes he gets very cliched, and he and it, it gets super formulaic. All right. But uh, I really did like his Justice League stuff. It worked like a real. If they were to make a first Justice League movie. It could be that. So far off. It was, um, you I know, think, oh. I think what really helped it was that Jim Lee's art was just incredible. Like, he's still the great Jim Lee yeah, that, guy's that so he insane. always was. Mm-hmm. And what? That guy's great. Like, yeah. it, I don't know. I, I feel like usually when someone, nowadays, when someone is the best at something and you know that, and even as someone with, like, I'm not, I won't pretend to be the most knowledgeable comic person. I know who Jim fucking Lee is. But every time I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why he's regarded as the well, best. There are a lot of guys who were great in the '90s who then, like, they draw now and they either uh, devolved as artists, they've lost some of their skills, or like their style just doesn't fit in anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, one or the other. But Jim Lee has both kept himself current and his, his style has stayed current. Did he do Hush. Yes, he yeah, did Hush. Like, that Hush was, is beautiful. Hush with his big return. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim Lee's history was he got really big on the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Left the or no, sorry, got really big on the X Men. Mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking about the Avengers. Yeah. Anyway, he got really big on the X Men. Then so big, we was like, I'm not making the money I should. Mm-hmm. I he started an Image with seven other dudes, did Wildcats, then got in charge of Wildstorm, and then he became a he was drawing way less. And then we mm-hmm. sold Wildstorm to DC. Then he was like, I can finally draw again. I'm going to do Batman. And so he did a big Batman story. Yeah, nice fun. Um. So, yeah, I read that. I I uh, wanted to give props to the Justice League story just because I've been making fun of the DC New Universe lately. And, uh, <laughs> and I still greatly prefer Marvel, but uh, the Justice League is a really good... If you are in... Now that it's collected... It is collected? You, yeah, it's collected okay. in, a, in a hardcover collection. Mm-hmm. Now that it's there, like, if you're interested, if you're still interested in seeing what the DC New Universe is about, it's it's... The best, it's made to be the best introduction to the new universe. It's, awesome. it's got every character Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, and Aquaman. All the guys that matter. One last question. Mm. May I borrow it? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we'll move on to. Let's go to Anne. I feel like Tyler will be the most exciting. So. Mm. Mm. Let's save Burn. him for last. Right. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, here, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I, last week, finally made the switch to digital comics. (gasps) Angela! And have spent probably $200 on comics just in the past week. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but... But I did spend that much, too, on physical (laughs) comics in the last two weeks. Oh, man. (laughs) That's a lot of money. I have a 10 by 15 storage unit, and over half of it is comic books. Wow. So Wait, what? it's fine. Yeah. Just for you? Just my comic books. I have that much stored in a closet in my parents' home in Florida. Yeah. So I finally am like, 
you know, maybe digital is right for me because I buy too much. That's... But I, I went and asked people, you know, what do you recommend? What am I not reading right now? And I got some awesome recommendations. I started reading, um, started reading Invincible finally. Mm-hmm. Started reading The Walking Dead finally because I hadn't jumped into that at all. Um, I want to do a shout out really quick. Token Girl STFU Caleb. recommended Girls to me. And On HBO? It's fantastic. <laughs> no. It's a good no? show. The, by the Luna Brothers. And I've, I'm only like two or three issues in, but it's awesome so far. Very really strange. It's, very it's strange really plot. weird. I like it. The too. art style is eh, it takes some getting used to because it's a little... It's not great, mm-hmm. but um, but the story is, uh, is good. And also, um, I... Checked. I bought uh, the first few issues of Irredeemable, too. Haven't yeah, started really reading wants- it yet, but it sounds really interesting. Yeah, I really so. want to get into that. Yeah, yeah. Irredeemable is all about if Superman went, went crazy, crazy, which is awesome. It's a great name. Awesome. Now, I like Irredeemable has just these awesome scenes. Several times they they tell a lot in flashbacks in Irredeemable, and there's more than a few scenes that um, where it's like the Justice League is hanging out, and there's more than a few analogs for the Justice League on Irredeemable Super Team. Mm-hmm. And it's going like a regular scene in the Justice League comic. And then somebody will go like, hey, Plutonion, that's Superman. Plutonion, could you fix this thing? He's like, haven't I done enough for you? God, I fucking <laughs> oh. hate you. Like, and then, She's like me at work. <laughs> and he like snaps and then like and then puts his face, normal face back on. There's... It has a uh, there the issue where they deal with his with Plutonion's Lois Lane is so good. Like I uh, think right, I thought you were going to say depressing. Uh, no, well, it is depressing. It's okay, very good. good. But, All right. yeah. anyway. I'd love that I can just pull out my phone and buy it right now. <laughs> yep, Boom yeah. Studios, the publishers of Irredeemable, were in the early like digital comics on digital, but they they did their own app thing, and I think they just came over into Comicsology mm-hmm. with Tyler Wilde. I uh, hope you're reading this, the new Garfield comic. Oh, I'm uh, not. <laughs> which the world, yes, the world was screaming I've, for. I've heard the Popeye comic is actually pretty good. So am I. The, the, I, yeah, the, new, the, the one with the Superman parody cover. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Clever. Speaking Sorry. of Garfield, a little bit off topic, but uh, Garfield is on Twitter, by the way, if you didn't is know. He? And he just <laughs> tweets the worst, the worst, stupidest, like, boy, I sure hate Mondays. And with like 18 hashtags that, that are just like Mondays, Mondays lasagna, Garfield, comics, comic. Normal. Like he uses them like YouTube tags. Oh, so this is it the wonder- official Garfield Twitter? <laughs> yeah. So there's this guy I follow uh, oh, at Fart who I love. because he'll just, Fart? Yes. Awesome. Because uh, he just retweets funny things he feels like retweeting, but serious of them. So for the last few days, he's just been retweeting, retweeting <laughs> People's responses to Garfield, and they're all just cursing him to hell, and just um, F you, Garfield, F the, you. The last tweet from the official Garfield account came to us, uh, be- was bestowed upon the world 13 hours ago. Yes, yes. I like my coffee strong, not quite Odie's breath strong, but you know what I mean. Mad <laughs> <laughs> um, Garfield. And then look and at that the replies. Mo- well, this one, Mondays stink worse than dog's breath. Which was the tweet right before that. So yeah, a bit of a theme with the hashtags Monday Mondays Garfield Dogs and Comics. <laughs> Did you hashtag dogs? <laughs> a boy. Anyway, as a side note, speaking mm. uh, just as a Twitter uh, and joins up Comicsology like last week, and all of a sudden like people are fuck 
fucking giving you digital code vouchers. Oh, yeah. For, Someone gave yeah. me a bunch of digital code vouchers keeps, for Avenging Spider-Man and Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah, like, What's I don't want to read that. Someone Give me some free comic codes just because I'm not a cute girl. Send it to Ugh. me on, on... You can find... And on Twitter at twitter.com slash cntista. Uh, send, oh, send her everything. Uh, uh, yeah. Keep sending me free codes, guys. I really appreciate it. You are so, you are Did you read Avenging Spider-Man? I have not yet. That's a good <laughs> one. I would have read it by now. I've been appreciated. I just it. downloaded it like last night. And I would have thanked no, you. not last night. I haven't had my iPhone. I would have. Mm. Give me free shit. Oh, yeah, I, I should. Everybody. I should note now, guys, that we're recording this. Uh, we normally record on Wednesday, mm-hmm. new comic book day, but now we're, today is Tuesday. So if anything big happens on Wednesday in the new comics that come out, we can't. We're not going to be talking about. I have it, a prediction. What? Stanley dies. <gasps> Fuck you. What? It has to. It's <laughs> any day now. Eventually, yes. it's any day now. <laughs> Uh, 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 no, we right. would have to record an emergency episode in that case. If, I had no if idea Stan I was Lee, about to die. If Stanley dies before Amazing Spider-Man, the game comes out, will oh. they take him out of the Ooh, game? Yeah. I wonder. That screen of him flying through <laughs> the air. <laughs> Guys, you're ruining news. Oh, My bad. Sorry, 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 sorry. Tyler, me. What, what did a- you read? On Brett Elston's advice, I read... And Henry to some extent, although Henry had had some minor, uh, mm-hmm. not objections, but uh, I read Spider-Man, uh, crap. Brand New Brand Day. New Brand Day. New Day. As cool. we talked about the on first, last week's yeah. episode. That's why well, I read, demanded we open up with Sting, the Sting song. And we did. <laughs> I listened and heard you put it in there. I read the first um, the first issue mm-hmm. of the collection. Of the Spider-Man reboot, where they just go like, from the beginning, this is how, this for, is the new status quo. Mm-hmm. For a comics noob like me, it's really nice to see a reboot, because mm-hmm. I, know the, I know the origin story yeah. of Spider-Man, so here I get to enter a world where it's like, Everything is completely explained. It's like, okay, so Peter Parker's identity hasn't been revealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he built the web shooters. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane's in New York, or not in New York. Mary Jane's left, and they have a tenuous relationship, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's fine. I'm like, okay, I know exactly where we're starting from. Yeah. Um, that is nice. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I'm enjoying it. Doesn't it start with a cute story about uh, where it's Aunt May's birthday and stuff? Uh, no, I don't think I've... Uh, I think that was Aunt May's last period. I don't know why they were celebrating. It basically, yeah. the first uh, collection is just... God. <laughs> I just let yeah, that uh, go burn. right through me. Slow burn. Uh, uh, no, I don't recall that, but it, it starts out, uh, Peter's broke, and... Um, mm, the, somebody uh, steals his web shooters? Yes. Uh, the uh, Well, he has not been Spider-Man for a while, and the mm-hmm. Spider-Man mugger uh, is using... The Spider-Man mask to mug people uh, and it ends up mugging him, and he's not in a position to do anything about it because there's a lady there. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her name. Carly Cooper. Yeah, there you go. He has. Yeah, yeah. They started that one in an interesting place where they introduced like three or four possible uh, female love interests for him because mm-hmm. Peter Parker hadn't had a love interest in some time. It was always Mary Jane. He'd been married to her for so long. My love interest is Mary Jane too. Eh. <laughs> Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, bro. Cypress Hill and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, Henry. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, maybe we should just move on to news then. Um, I wanted to introduce a new segment. What? Um, Wait a minute. Yes, it'll take two seconds. This is where I plug the show that we do called Laser Time. Mm. Because I thought this week's episode was awesome. It was 
you know, brought on by Avengers stuff that we won't talk about this time, but the post credit sequences. So because I had this clip, what is the laser? time, uh, <laughs> I, I, I really, I, like, this is spurred on trying to, like, get all the post-credit sequences to the movies that led up to Avengers. And I do love, I, when was the last time you saw the Iron Man one? And it was really good. Mm-hmm. I am Iron Man. You think you're the only superhero in the world? Mr. Stark, you become part of a bigger universe. You just don't know it. It gives me chills every time I hear that because we heard that and, like, you're never going to deliver Nope. You're yeah, never, we, ever going to deliver on that. It's going to let us down. Somehow. And then somebody somebody did point out to me, because like, we we also looked up the Hulk and mm-hmm. Stinger. It's the episode called Stingers, and the Captain America one, and they don't actually make sense with how the Avengers came out. Well, no, the Captain America one is basically the scene from Avengers. but uh, No, but it implies that Loki is inhabiting the scientist's body. Well, at least that he's watching over. Nope. Okay, he feeds him lines. On him, yes. Yeah, that didn't really pay off. But and then the the spirit of that scene. Oh no! I just but like, you don't watch post-credit sequences on DVD. You do. You generally do that in the theater. Maybe and then maybe you fast forward to the credits and it loses its value. So like, I I love. I don't know. I I forget who gave me the idea. Oh, was Teddy Foxman on uh, Laser Time Forum? (laughs) He can also answer the Laser Time question of the week. But yeah, get all the post-credit sequences together. And the Hulk one didn't make sense because it uh, (laughs) because it implied that the Avengers were going to fight the Hulk. Well, that Robert Downey Jr. was already fully invested in being one of the Avengers, Mm -hmm. even though Iron Man two, the only time Sam Jackson appears outside of a post-credit sequence, uh, is still trying to convince him, Mm -hmm. and. And then at the end says, like, no, you're not Avengers material. You all look bored, but this is yeah. the perfect form for this. I'm sorry. Guys. Fuck you guys. Let's move on. <laughs> fuck you guys. So, um, first off, the Avengers, yeah. The guy, it made lots of money. Still has made lots of money. Mm-hmm. It's uh, now the most successful, from worldwide gross, the mm-hmm. most successful comic book film of all time. Is it really? It broke it beat, a it beat, It's beaten Dark Knight. Yes. So, and it was, I saw it a second time this weekend and saw lines for an eight o'clock showing on the Saturday of the week after. Like, that's wow. how crazy that's it is. That's pretty good. Generally, yeah, see it again. Typically, Aww. movies lose, uh, they lose 60 to 70% of their audience mm-hmm. in the next week. So, for there to still be lines. And then, uh, also, there's. Not the Hunger Games. <laughs> well, the Hunger Games did pretty well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was also, it mentioned, speaking of Avengers and Money, mm-hmm. Was that Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., made a lot of it off of it. Mm -hmm. Because all the actors got paid to be in the film, Mm -hmm. but they also got to share in the profits. uh, Or at least if they starred in a previous film, a previous Marvel film. Mm -hmm. But Robert RDJ got the best deal of all, and they say that he's already made $50 million extra. Oh, that he's already made it. No, it's not that he's already made. It's that he's... Projected. To He's make. projected to make projected fifty to make. million dollars off of this movie. I think that's great. Every, when everybody else is going to make two to three million. It, yeah. That's 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 a plan most people don't follow. And one, it's how George Lucas basically got rich off Star Wars by foregoing an upfront fee and take. Now, nah, just take all the merchandising. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's okay. You guys don't want that, right? We don't know if this will be a success. Uh, and then it's it's how the superhero movies fall apart because every time they start a new superhero movie like the X Men. 
Hugh Jackman gets bigger. Hugh Jackman was built by the X-Men. Yeah. And by the time that he movie series... never is, a star. It's before. third entry. He's the biggest star in the movie, and Halle Berry is too, and they get to renegotiate giant salaries, making mm. further ventures impossible. That's also why it's rare to see a fourth movie with the same group yep. these days, because everybody... They only make deals for trilogies yep. now. I don't know why that is. Mm. I guess they think of them like acts. Well, something. I think it's also hard like uh, to commit to a trilogy. I think... Um, you know, it's a risk on the front end, too, mm. that they have to... If you're going to get an actor to commit to a trilogy with the first film, then you're probably paying them more than if you're just like, eh, mm. the first film, we're paying... This could be good, it could be bad, who knows. But, this, but then you're locking them in for probably less money than they could negotiate if they did uh, two and three. Well, meanwhile, if you just do one and then have to try to get them back for two... Which would happen with Tobey Maguire, as mm-hmm. you all know. Oh, when he was like in two, when he was supposed to be replaced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep, as was seen in uh, storyline and Entourage. Was it? Yeah, I barely watched Entourage, but when Aquaman? he starred in Aquaman, uh, his character starred in Aquaman. Then they were negotiating Aquaman two. He dropped out, and Jake Gyllenhaal took over the part. Oh, well. And well. that was their little sly wink to reality, wow. as Entourage is known for. <laughs> and it's also known for lots of female nudity and not m- mattering at all. And I know, I know actors aren't, like, super, <laughs> super greedy. Uh, I'm not saying that. I just can see how they can get bored by making the same amount to doing something they're not interested in. Mm-hmm. But this encourages them to, no, give this shit your all. Keep it going, and this for the rest of your life. Yeah, maybe maybe not right now. Will you be reimbursed? But if if you make this cooler with your presence, which Robert Downey Jr. definitely does, mm-hmm. he is forty seven. Did you know I, that? that 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 was the biggest news I saw this week? Like he's <laughs> he's almost fifty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Less than zero is a long time ago. Oh, it, by, yeah, I am less than zero. That's my superhero. Fifty name. million dollars does zero. wonders for your skin. Yes, but guys, <laughs> this isn't the first time this has happened. Did you know that Jack Nicholson <gasps> made a ton of money off Batman? Did he take the merchandising rights oh, really? too? Was well, that the case? He took a uh, he just took a chunk of the profits, but mm-hmm. and and what it will make forever, like lifetime apparently. So they say oh. the estimates say he's made at least sixty million dollars off of this, like at at the very least. And I love that performance, but it <laughs> and... ruined every single other Batman movie because everybody thought they had to be as hammy as yeah. Jack Nicholson playing worst. the Joker yes. who was the Joker hmm. the Joker is hammy but then when I when I watched it later I was like no you're Jack Nicholson yep. you're just being Jack Nicholson the whole time which is was great but for for that because he's an entertaining guy but he wasn't playing a character I'm, he wasn't acting like like if, Mark Hamill acts when if he, he would have died in the middle of production uh, and when they made the crow, at the time period they made the crow, they would have taken shots from him from The Shining and put smile makeup on him of him walking upstairs, and it would have worked perfectly. He wouldn't have been fat enough. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a Robert Downey Jr. thing to do, but with fifty million dollars, he could easily have an executive producer credit on the next Avengers. It do- I don't yeah. know. They could all be executive producers on the next one. Yeah. It does, but we were talking about that downstairs. That like Robert Downey Jr. was like sort of a not only an indie. 
thing or like a under the radar kind of thing. He fell from grace like really hard mm-hmm. and then somehow fought his way back into being not only one of the most respectable actors but one of the most successful. Well, he and, fell from grace tons of times. Tons of times. Once. In <laughs> elaborate ways like falling asleep in a fucking baby crib or something like that. Like <laughs> yeah. his neighbor's baby the crib. prostitutes and cocaine. I don't yeah. remember the baby what was crib his, What was his like big comeback movie other than Iron Man? Which was I, I thought it was two, two girls and a guy. Because I remember what? seeing some yeah, movie, and my movie. mom, my mom being, you know, my mom literally, literally said something. It's so nice to see him working again. I, I, <laughs> I really just laughed at her. Like Alan McBeal, I remember that. That was a huge deal. Yeah. Like at the time, like like big movie stars weren't doing eight episode runs on television. That mm-hmm. happens all the time now. And I remember it was because huge. No, because nowadays. People who were movie stars aren't big enough movie yeah. stars to star in films. So now they just, like Kiefer Sutherland can't star in a real movie yes. anymore. <laughs> but he can star in a TV show like Touch on yes. Fox. Is that the one with the psychic retard? Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Also, guys, about the Avengers, there's a funny clip. That was offensive. I bet. Uh, also on the Avengers. <laughs> oh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, um, that's it. There was, and Shane Black's directing the next. Uh, anyway. Uh the uh, Avengers were also mentioned by the President Obama. Really? Yeah, he was on The View. Did he mispronounce anybody's name? No, no. He was actually... Uh, well, here's the quote. We should play some of the clip. I in like the, the Hilk and um, <laughs> I'm big fan of well, Hacky. I love Hacky. So he was on The View, uh, and uh, they were asking him... Que- I think they were like testing him as a real American, like asking him questions about... Uh, the Kardashians and Dancing with the Stars. That's and what real family. Americans like. Yes. yes. And so then they asked him about the Avengers. And they asked him to name three of them. He says, I saw the Avengers, so this is easy. You've got the Hulk. Captain America. Captain America. Iron Man. And Thor. <laughs> he, he said, well, those were the three he named. So, I don't know. That's, That's just great. interesting. That's, That's how insane. They, they are. I don't, think, I don't think any, I don't know, any memorable politician has probably mentioned anybody outside of Superman. Though he's ever well, he was. I'm sorry, Cap- Captain America. Cap- Captain America. He was famous. He was also famous for like name checking Spider Man and saying he read Spider Man as a kid and uh, and collected them. That's why Spider Man. He was on the cover of Amazing Spider Man mm-hmm. and met him in the storyline. I'm a normal guy. Uh, normal guy. <laughs> I grew up reading uh, the same things you did. Indeed. One of my favorite uh, Onion articles from a while ago was him. They cast him as a super comic nerd. I don't like who, Bucky. Don't, who, don't care for Bucky. He was mad that he like they were having him uh, reference very specific Spider-Man and Conan arcs, and that it was confusing <laughs> all of his. It was confusing all of his cabinet. And he was, and then he was like talking with the press corps about like, obviously, just as in Amazing Spider-Man two thirty three, we are fighting a great threat too. But it's not Quasimodo in the big wheel. It's and then, and then um, Hillary Clinton cuts him off, and she's like, "Well, I think the president's really saying is that we're all trying to be a Justice League of Superman and Wonder Women." And then Obama comes back and says, uh, "That's not even the same universe." <laughs> <laughs> oh, also that uh, thing we mentioned before that uh, Stan Lee will be a playable character if you pre-order Amazing Spider-Man at a. At a specific place. Gosh, that's a pre-order bonus worth getting. I can get you an XP boost. Amazon. It might be Amazon. GameStop. Oh yeah, GameStop has the Rhino. You can play as the Rhino if you get it at GameStop. What? Ridiculous. There's like a separate Rhino missions. 
that you play as the rhino? Yeah. I mean, it looked like Stan Lee, they at least like just skin Spider-Man. That's a no, little more just, difficult to do a, with the rhino. It's just a Stan Lee skin, but I think the rhino is just a rhino mission. Will you play as the rhino? Yeah. That's yeah. significant to me. Um, what a dumb villain. He looks like it's like one he's one of the He's one of the comic book heroes that, to me, always looks like he's wearing pajamas. In the <laughs> oh, also, I want to say that in Avengers Assemble this week, mm-hmm. or last week, they had a big reveal, the return of Thanos to the of a Marvel Universe. Thanos, the hands of fate. And it's uh, <laughs> hinting that uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who's Ooh. been writing the Avengers for a decade, wow. is going to take over writing about cosmic stuff, including Thanos, uh, mm-hmm. starting next year. Ooh. It's pretty exciting to me that he's going to try to make. Bendis has a lot on his plate right now. Well, that's why once he leaves the Avengers, that's like he's writing like three or four Avengers books a month. So once he drops the Avengers, then he'll be free. He'll be freed up to write cosmic books. Maybe he'll finally go back to Scarlet. He downloaded all the gems for his Infinity iPad. I think with Scarlet, maybe more so. It's um, it's. Alex Maleev can't finish it. Like he's he's a busy artist. Like they're both busy. Yeah, yeah, but as a writer, a writer can write you know four books a month, five Thank books you. a month if they're fast enough. While an artist, one book a month at best. Like if you want to have something as. But I also I also don't think Scarlet sold particularly well. Yeah, well, it was it was a grown up book, not about superheroes. Like, yeah, but I thought it was about an angry girl. Ugh. Mm-hmm. A really angry girl. A really angry girl. And she lives in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good book. Better be. Scarlet, guys. Uh, There's only six of them, though. Five? Six? Five. But it was the uh, the first miniseries oh, ends like in a cliffhanger, kind yeah. of. Uh, so, uh, Anne, I heard you said you had some news you wanted to share. Oh, I have a few things. But um, one of them, while we're talking about Spider-Man... They released mm-hmm. a four-minute trailer for the movie. I didn't watch Did it. Yeah, I, I know that? what you're talking about. No, I haven't watched it either. It's I... kind of a bummer because it know. basically just takes all the trailers they've already shown and just oh, kind of smushes sucks. them together. There are some extra scenes, like mm-hmm. he pulls a kid out of a flaming car and yeah. he puts he takes his mask off in front of the kids and make, yeah. makes the kid put the mask Please, on. He's a homosexual car. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was very insensitive. Well, and so uh, then he leaves without his mask on. Well, he grabs the kid before the f- flaming car falls, and then he puts his mask on before the- he takes the kid back. All right. I really... Well, they're okay. dangling off the bridge, and he's This is one them. of my biggest annoyances <laughs> with Spider-Man movies. Oh, here we go. Is that he always takes his damn mask yeah. off, like, every time. <laughs> like, you can't have a third act of a Spider-Man movie where he's not unmasked the entire time. Well, I mean, in the trailers, they've shown them... It, the police pulling his mask off yes, and then yeah. he keeps his head he keeps his head hidden mm. well, that's while an, he fights his way out that's an interesting idea to me that scene where it looks like he's been arrested or mm-hmm. he let them like handcuff him mm-hmm. and then they take his mask off like who is this kid the mask off and then he dives into action and beats up all the cops and they mm-hmm. don't see his face yeah. but I feel like it it is basically guaranteed that he will spend his entire fight with the lizard at the end of the film unmasked. Yeah. Well, we, like he'll fight the lizard and then he'll take off his mask. Like, Tell me the truth, lizard. <laughs> uh, and like the, also that annoys me because hmm. you know what's cool about Dark Knight? The Dark hmm. Knight, one really cool thing about it? Yeah. Two-Face and Joker didn't, didn't fucking know who he was. And they even make a point of the scene when the Joker doesn't want to know who he is. I was just going to... Almost the, the end of every superhero or second superhero movie involves almost the entire cast learning the identity. Like that's yeah. what's at stake. 
in well, almost every in movie. Each Batman movie had someone fi- had them mm-hmm. finding out the end. I remember Joker how- found out first, then Penguin and Catwoman, then the Riddler and Two Face. Like Batman I, and Robin was the only one where they didn't. Batman Forever. I remember how mad I was at that because like there were like five people in the main cast, and I'm like, at the end of this, all five or six top build people know the identity of Batman, and it's only the third film. But it, yes. it is the problem. But it does speak to the problem I had with those other Spider-Mans where they... I know we talked about this before where they claimed, like, we could, we wanted to make a Spider-Man movie, but it wasn't possible because he does so much crazy shit in the air, and now CGI can make us... We can make a fake Spider-Man. And I thought those first two movies, I don't connect Spider-Man mm-hmm. in action to Tobey Maguire in any way whatsoever. You might oh, as well yeah. be voicing Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't... Cont- I, I agree I, with Until that. the third movie where he took his mask off and had the fight, and I thought that humanized... Now, that, that was the only time I was like, "Oh, this has been Toby, Toby McGuire the whole time." Like that. As, no, he takes his mask off to fight Doc Ock. No, but he goes through it. Most of his mask gets blown off in fighting Green Goblin. It just doesn't seem like that action is occurring to Toby McGuire. No, it never does a, but, until that scene. But that's why the train fight scene in Spider-Man Two. We love you, Spider-Man. I loved. Wait, <laughs> I love that fight so much because Spider-Man moved like Spider-Man. Like it was a very. It looked like him in the comics, mm-hmm. even though, like, obviously, it was a CG man. Like mm-hmm. it was no real person. But I, again, I got to show you my skills in a rope swing. I can do so many cool <laughs> Spider-Man impressions. I really, yeah, I really want to do like a pre-CG Spider-Man like <laughs> film. Just really slowly jumping and trying yeah. to twist your body into those horrible contortions. <laughs> It'll look like you just photoshopped Tarzan all red. <laughs> oh, that would be an awful looking movie. I'm sorry. All right. Any other news? Um. Um. Uh, Green Arrow coming to CW. Thing. God, no. Yeah. Don't even talk yeah. about that. Well, and the Hulk is... What? Uh, you guys might have heard there was a, t- a TV reboot of the Hulk plan. Live action? Uh, live no. action with a CG Hulk with uh, Guillermo del Toro, like Whoa. the executive producer. Did not hear it. It, was, it had been in the plans, and now it looks like uh, it could happen for fall 2013 on ABC. But, uh, yeah. So. Nope. Well, because ABC Toro is, is owned by Disney and Disney. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I... Del Toro is doomed. It probably <laughs> won't work, but... Uh, the Hulk can't look good, and he'll probably only be the Hulk for at most four minutes an episode. But well, who can uh, do it now? I would. Well, Lou Ferrigno. You think you could do it again? <laughs> no, the Hulk should be CG. Did you Did you know Lou Ferrigno did the voice of the Hulk in the Avengers? Yeah, I found he, that. He's out done. After he's done effects. the the voice of the Hulk in every movie. Well, I know he was the Hulk in Incredible Hulk. I don't know if he was the Hulk in Hulk. So. Oh, I, I heard every movie, but I. It seemed to me more like that. Uh, Angley. Didn't give a shit about the <laughs> Incredible Hulk TV show, but was forced to recognize it after the fact. Well, who's who's someone big you think could be a live action Hulk? Nobody. It'll be CG. It Michael, can't be a human. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, they'll paint him green. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> or I'll put on like a Always Sunny uh, Green Man costume. <laughs> Wouldn't like you when I'm angry. All right, I, everybody hates me now. But yeah, Green Arrow and Hulk may be coming to TV this uh, this next year. Just condense it into one concept and call it Green Hulk. Green Hulk. People know exactly what they're getting. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they should work to DC and Marvel should work together on this. And a Red Hulk, we're making a movie. Green Hulk is coming to TV. Sure. Really quick, while we're still sort of on the topic of sure. the Hulk, uh, Peter David. I, I know, know him. Heard about this? Uh, he's going to start adapting. 
some of Joss Whedon's astonishing <gasps> X-Men run into novel form, a series oh. of novels, starting with Gifted. So the Gifted, yeah, the Gifted. Series. I'm interested in that. I'm glad to see Peter David that. getting work too. That's why it's Peter like, David's a good guy? Why extrapolate I love a comic Peter David's book? Hulk run. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Peter David was way ahead of the curve on the Hulk. And I, I, you know, I was I liked his Hellblazer run too. He was also good on um, uh, Captain Marvel, the Captain Marvel series from the late nineties as well. That was pretty good. Well, anyway, this first segment has gone way <laughs> long. Guys. My bad. We should move on to the next part. But uh, so we'll see you on the other side where we answer last week's question of the week and talk about this week's question of the week. What's it going to be? Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to Cape Crisis, the number one comic book podcast that's on the Laser Time Network, at the very least. Um, anyway, uh, uh, this week, uh, as in every week, I'm asking you guys, uh, if you go to lasertimepodcast.com, you'll find the website that hosts us. On the left-hand side of the screen, you'll see a friendly little donate button. Maybe if you want to help uh, keep the site going, you could click on that and send a little help our way. Or if you'd like to spend money that actually gets you stuff on Amazon but still helps us, on the right side of the screen, you'll see links to purchases on Amazon. But if you go through those links, anything you buy on Amazon will spend, send a little bit of money our way, which always helps. Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes or the Zoom Marketplace and you're subscribed to it, uh, make sure to give us a little five-star rating. It would be very helpful. It really helps us with uh, our ranking, and writing up a review helps even more. So if you have the time and you just like to help with your time, do that, please. Uh, also, on lasertimepodcast.com, you see the link to the forums. That's where we're going to have a que- this week's question of the week as well. You can answer it there. And now, to end this section, as I usually do, with Hank's Corner of Palm of comic book suggestions on a podcast so this week i'm going to pick out uh i talked about old school stuff i was reading and this is one i read that it is the marvel team-up collection of uh with stories by chris claremont and john byrne now chris claremont and john byrne were the best if you ask me they're the best team that ever worked on x-men together like Chris Claremont wrote X-Men for much longer than John Byrne drew it. When they worked together, they were responsible for the Dark Phoenix Saga, Days of Future Past, some great, great stories. But they first worked together on Marvel Team-Up, writing stories of Spider-Man teaming up with multiple superheroes like The Thing, Tigra, Human Torch. It's tons of great, very 80s storylines with uh, awesome John Byrne art back when he was a great artist instead of a internet crazy person. So I'll have a link to it on the site. You can pick that up there along with lots of other great comic books through the links. And uh, back to the show.
breaking news, Henry. What? Breaking news. On uh, May 11th, the official Garfield Twitter tweeted, TGIF baby, triple exclamation point, hashtag Garfield Friday weekend party. <laughs> My, oh, man. I hate... This is, this, is, uh, this is truly someone who doesn't... I almost uh, am convinced Jim Davis is behind the uh, official Garfield Twitter and doesn't... Jim Davis, no, come on. Anybody who reads Garfield knows I know, Jim I, Davis hasn't done anything involving This Garfield. is the tweet, never trust a smiling cat. Hashtag Garfield cat. <laughs> Pets smile. So there are more words in the hashtag than there are in the tweet. Jim Davis, either you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. You've let it get out of hand. Uh, too good. All right, guys. Has, so, there, has there been a billionaire uh, comic writer villain? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, man, that should be, be something. I'll write that up. Guys, um, first off, I didn't want to front load this in the beginning of the show and bore everybody. Sure. But didn't we all have a lot of fun watching Botchamania? Yes. <laughs> guys? yes oh, is, my God. That is really enjoyable. <laughs> I just wanted to share with the listeners just how awesome Botchamania is. It's... Uh, it's a compilation of people screwing up pro wrestling moves <laughs> in very interesting ways. It's a huge series on YouTube. There's what, 300? 200, 200 episodes. 200 episodes. And that um, I, they're all cut together. The guy uses old clips from WCW, from Indie Federations, current WWE, uh, and TNA stories. Yeah, CZW is the worst. They have the most botchers of all, it seems. Ah, it was so and, much fun. And I, Cri- uh-huh. I, just, I think Chris and I agree that the absolute best moments and most humiliating are two guys in one of the like indie leagues trying to set up a move and it takes like 30 seconds and they're kind of like wrapping their arms around each other yeah. and and you and then and then it gets even worse because one of them gets scared partway through and kind of stops committing and so mm. they both just fall and collapse it, into a pile of limbs and it's, it's when they <laughs> try to recover they screw up a move and then they like as if it Nobody just saw exactly what happened. They try it again, and it's, yeah. it, it just reminds me of like that bombing comedian. <laughs> I, I said, yeah, okay. I, I can't the find word. the way to the store. Like repeating your punchline after everybody already hated it. Is this my coffee? Uh, is this my coffee? Huh? So, Anyone? guys, you should definitely give Botchamania a try if you even sort of like pro wrestling. But Tyler. Wild, who never likes pro wrestling ever. Oh, I'm sorry. He had a lot of fun watching it too. It did. Well, it was you, funny. You've regaled me with so much awesome behind the scenes information mm. that helps. And then, then learning to appreciate what those people are putting themselves through and oh, yeah. relating it to comics. Like the storylines are very similar. Heroes, villains. Everybody has to stay fighting mm-hmm. all the time. They have to be competitive. And yeah, it just yeah. And then there's that. It's this whole. I love old art styles. This should be vaudeville. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. nobody should be interested in wrestling that. anymore. Yeah. It's it, it's so old and silly and such. A, it seems like a prehistoric form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. But there's all these people who are getting better and better at it, and that just that, that fascinates. And actually, yeah, I'm just fascinated by the 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 indie leagues, the the kids learning this craft, and it's like, man, what a trial by fire, like. <laughs> How many bones do you have to break to make it as a pro? And one thing I learned for any aspiring wrestlers out there, Ooh. the table never breaks. The table never breaks. The table no, they, never they breaks. Cut, they cut out all the scenes of tables breaking. Like they, Tables break a lot. Oh, no, but, no. But it's like the, 
just seems like I saw a hundred instances in just those episodes of like guy lying on table, other guy backflips on the table. <laughs> it doesn't break, and you just shattered one. Though of his ribs. sometimes <laughs> the the table will break too early. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, I've seen that before. That is also great. Who was it that we saw jumped onto the table? It did break, but it splintered in such a way that it Tore went his through eyelid. his oh, eyelid. Oh, that was Rob Van Dam. Man, I didn't like seeing that oh, at all. Because that went exactly right, and even then he was nearly blinded. Yep. In an eye. Jagged piece of wood right in my eye. So wrestling's dangerous. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Any hoozles. Yeah, so just wanted to let you guys know about that. This week, or last week's question of the week, we asked you guys to answer things that we asked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we asked, uh, what was your favorite moment in last week's, uh, uh, or what was your favorite moment in the Avengers? What's your favorite le- moments in last week's Avengers movie? This week's Avengers movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if there were only weekly It's terrible. Weekly it's terrible. terrible. Yeah. The, Joss well, Whedon really dropped the ball on this week's installment. Wait, oh, it, I, we didn't discuss this on Laser Time, but like, um... Going back and looking at the post-credit sequences, mm-hmm. um, Captain America had a post-credit sequence and then a trailer for the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I thought I remembered them shooting that movie up until like two months ago. Yes, and they yeah. had enough footage last summer to cut together a trailer. They've been shooting it that long. They did. Yeah. Wow. They, they shot it. If they had finished, like to stick it at the end of Avengers, they could have been filming up to May of last year and. That would make sense that some scenes would have been done by that. I, I just know? think that's insane. Movies do not generally have a year-long per, like onset production yeah. time. I mean, yeah, the production time can be long, but usually the actual filming is over. Is yeah, not you got your really that long. But, your ADR. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You got your ADR. Uh, um, uh, but before we read what other people loved about the um, the. Avengers, Avengers movie. The Avengers movie. God, my brain. It's okay. Hank. I'm sorry. It's been a hard week. Anyway, yeah, let's see. And you weren't on last week's episode. What was your favorite uh, scene or moment or thing about Avengers? The whole movie was awesome, but I think that specifically... And oh, and we're going to get spoilery. Spoiler warning. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, mine's not super spoilery. Some of the answers are But some of the answers so would be. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Mine isn't spoilery. Um, the chemistry of the whole team is, is awesome, mm-hmm. but specifically... The lab geek camaraderie between Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, I I loved that. Yeah. Just those two interacting, those scenes where they're in the lab together and they're just talking back. It, I just I loved I thought, that. I thought that was really cool too. Yeah. I thought as the storyline was leading up or leading to those two meeting, mm-hmm. like as I was watching the film, I thought, oh, is is uh, Tony going to be competitive with Banner? Is he mm-hmm. going to try? He's the smartest. Try to prove he's the smartest scientist guy there. But instead, they have a common bond. Yeah. I like yeah, that it I was think, like, oh, another genius. Yeah. Thank God I can talk to someone. Well, I think what what they both came to realize, and I, I mean, they didn't show this in the movie, but Tony Stark mm. obviously realizes that Bruce Banner has different specialties exactly. than he does. Exactly. He has so a different area of expertise. They're both geniuses yeah. in different ways, which makes them work so well I together. Because I, reading a bunch of Avengers comics, one, I didn't realize how happy it makes me when Tony Stark offers another superhero a job. Uh, <laughs> but but the, then, then it's, uh, especially when Spider-Man joins the Avengers in some of the Bendis stuff, that it just reminds you that, oh, this isn't just a cool superhero the character is also a genius, and then there's just these scenes of like, all right, Thor and you other thugs, go sit over here. Uh, Spider-Man and Tony Stark and the Hulk are going to do the heavy science lifting science. over here. Yeah, they're going to do the heavy science. 
and sometimes they'll call in Reed Richards. Sometimes. I really like that line of uh, when they were arguing with Cap the first time, and then Tony Stark says to him, out of this, all the people here, who is A, not wearing a spangly costume, and B, completely useless? <laughs> 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 I, I liked. I really liked. They're having that conversation, and then Tony prods him with that uh, Bruce Banner oh. with the tiny prod. And just the, checking. Oh, just, oh, just just looking, like trying to turn <laughs> him into like the Hulk. Glare, like looks at him, like, huh? Are you gonna change? Yeah, I like <laughs> I liked Tony Stark's fascination yeah. with Banner's transformation and wanting to see it from sort of a academic a, perspective, a like, reckless academic yes, perspective. Like, just, I yeah, want to study this now. Now. All right. No, all right. So we asked people for what they. We actually asked people what they loved and hate. But I uh, am only going to try to stay positive here. So I'm we're only going to. Oh, fine. All you right. Do the loves. I'll 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 find right. a couple hates. I'm going to pick out a couple loves I really like. Okay. <laughs> loves I liked. Loves I liked. First, I've liked. First off is Cody Stovall. Uh, he Three. says uh, he one of his things he likes was. The Hulk was troubled and nervous instead of Edward Norton's sulky post-rape yep. victim act, complete with <laughs> angsty shower scene. I did when he puts it like that. I never thought about that before, but it really that really does sum up what was wrong with his betrayal. Um, and also, there is uh, Spades Slick says, "I love Loki in this movie. Such a perfect portrayal of his character. I loved how he was." Uh, more of a manipulator than a straight-up fighter, and he could also kick ass when he needed to, even if he was owned by the Hulk at the end. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. utterly stole every scene he was in, as well. As for the hates, I didn't know this. Um, Bladed Falcon says, uh, I yeah. mean, that there was over 90 minutes of filmed material that was ultimately oh, yeah. cut from the film, oh, and it it's true. Joss Whedon has said, will not be on the Blu-ray DVD. Was it all in space? Uh, what? No, no. It, it was more character. Done? It was more character stuff. Give it I know. All. Give it to me. All. I know one of the scenes. I, I read a separate interview with him where he said he filmed a scene where uh, Captain America goes. Captain America ends with him saying he's going to go on a date with this girl, and then he gets frozen in the water mm-hmm. and all that. So in this movie, it was him trying to find that lady, and he finds her very old. He does do that a lot in the comics. That does so. happen in the comics. It would just be or kind he of finds a her married to Bucky. Yeah, yeah that was or in the Ultimates. That yeah, one that where he, he went and met her. Which, this is technically based sort of on the Ultimates, but Tony Stark does not have a tumor. Was, yeah. that, was that the it's, one in, where he goes and tracks down his old lover and she's 70, but she's really anti-Semitic? No. No? Not that far. Okay. No. Um... <laughs> All right, Super Giraffe. I love that scene where they do all the arguing in the lab, and it kept ah. cutting, kept on cutting to Loki's staff, implying that he was affecting their minds. Mm-hmm. Or Hulk punching the space whale. <laughs> <laughs> space whale's a good term. I, I didn't like think of that. Whale. Uh, let's see. I didn't hate anything, says E. Hyundai. My favorite moment would have to be when Loki tries to talk Hulk down, and Hulk just smashes him with a childlike playfulness. <laughs> uh, this is only slightly negative from Darth Orange. Uh, my only minor gripe is that everyone on the team seemed to have a bond with someone else, except for Thor. Mm-hmm. Stark seemed to have a, to bond well with Banner and Captain America. Black Widow and Hawkeye also had a camaraderie, um, but Thor seemed the most out of place. Well, he's a god, yeah. But yeah, maybe maybe I'm ruined by the the Ultimates. But I did I did like Stark's Stark and Thor's interplay, which mm-hmm. I thought would for some reason I thought would make it on the screen more. 
Yeah, I, uh, yeah, there wasn't much of that. He just had a couple ones of like, you sound like you're a Shakespearean. Dot thou mother, know you're wearing her drapes. Although there was, <laughs> there's a minor scene in there where like Thor's a little quiet because he takes a certain amount of responsibility for who is doing this and what's happening. I feel like that's why he would have less camaraderie. Is that he, you know, I mean, he he's got to like take it the, the more problem seriously. here, and this isn't his planet. This isn't mm-hmm. his. Deal. These aren't his people, and he's he did say that like it's my fault because you know like Loki's motivation was driven out of like a bit of madness, mostly wrapped up in a feud with Thor, and now the whole world is going to suffer. And actually, like as a god, I felt like a lot of the film was Thor finding respect for each of like he learns to respect Captain America when he uh, blocks uh, his hammer with a shield. He learns to respect uh, Hulk when he has the fight with Hulk, and like I don't know. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. well, here, here's the, the, the follow-up to uh, Darth Horn just sent him it. Uh, one of the things I love in the comics is how Thor thinks of himself as superior to all other mortals, uh, except for Captain America. During the Secret War, Thor backs up the notion of Captain America being the leader for the good guys, which is surprising to the X-Men because they all know how Thor felt about Cap. It was That Cap was just a dork with a shield. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, yeah, Thor has been kind of a shithead in... Uh, yeah, in certain depictions. Well, he has lived for he was millennia. Kind of a shithead in the first Thor movie too. So <laughs> he's he has lived for millennia and oh, is uh, okay, in his royalty. He was yeah. pretty arrogant. That was the whole point of the. That was his whole character yeah. arc. Yeah, look at all these responses. Thank you guys. Um, so Soggy Sage, he says. More I think about it, I really loved Agent Coulson, especially him going all fanboy on Cap. Jamie probably won't be any other will be in any other Marvel films after this one. Well, did you read that well, thing on? No, uh, obviously. Did you read the thing on Agent Cool? Uh, mm-hmm. I love that one of those authors decided to uh, extrapolate. Are we are we in spoiler territory? Yeah, I, I've warned of people. I, I, I think we've been there for a while. Agent Coulson didn't die mm-hmm. because in in like a lot of it is like uh, kind of the same things we described in Mass Effect 3's ending, where it was a lot of it sounded like him needing Coulson to be alive and trying to figure out reasons. But if uh, if Fury's going to lie about the placement of the cards, mm-hmm. what else would he lie about? Uh, he's, yeah, I guess. He looked no, pretty dead. He looked pretty but dead. But they, did Did they didn't show... He, he stopped breathing. Buried. They showed him he stopped talking. He stopped talking, and then you only hear Fury say over the thing, you hear Fury say, he's. they've called it, he's gone. Or he says the medics are here. He's gone. So who did he say that to? He said that to said Maria the- Hill and Scarlet mm. Witch. Scarlet Witch, you got me doing <laughs> it now. Black Widow of the intercom. So yes. no, we Scarlet don't. Johansson. We don't see him buried. We don't see him like give up the ghost. He does say. I he does go like uh, if there's nothing to. He's supposed to say if there's nothing to avenge, and he goes there's nothing to, uh, and then he stops. But he doesn't like. I guess have a death rattle. But the only thing that he but. didn't mention that that I think does help that case is you mentioned that now Coulson is a character in the comics. Yes. Yeah, so I have to say, uh, according to uh, the history of comics, would it be that absurd nope. if we found out he didn't no. die? And he's no, dead? it would no. be very fitting. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So he might not be dead. Oh, uh, two negative from uh, Beeson. Uh, mm. How did the Hulk suddenly learn uh, to be friend or foe? I I I wasn't entirely clear on that. I felt that too. I felt like the, the right. whole uh, line you said before that. He had, had a certain level of restraint. 
Here's not my... the first time. He almost killed. Not Here's... the first time because he didn't mean to become the Hulk. That he almost time. killed he the got... Scarlet Widow witch uh, for <laughs> he no got reason. Pissed off, but later when he does the whole uh, "I'm always angry" thing, mm-hmm. he becomes the Hulk intentionally. Mm-hmm. So there is a level of restraint mm-hmm. the second I, time. Yeah, here's what I think: like, since he was allowed to become the Hulk, I he love was your line about that. Since he accepted becoming the Hulk, he wasn't he wasn't fighting the Hulk as much. Yeah. He was able to embrace it more. So what did you say? Last so he had a slight bit more control. They gave him the right to smash shit. <laughs> yeah, Adam, no, it gave him the right to have fun. He also mentions uh, pepper pots and the stupid shorts. Ew. Oh. Yeah, and then that, Aww, that, those are cute. That, that did occur to me that Gwyneth oh. Paltrow's 47. When? No, she's not. I don't know. She's, 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 no, she's older. She's, she's in her mid 40s. Early 40s at most. It wasn't that long ago. She was starting stuff. But, um,. Tony's. I know that it's canon and they do have a relationship, but that's mm-hmm. always bothered me for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to seeing her married to Happy. Happy Hogan's been dead a long time. In comics, yeah. Yes. But yeah, but you're not a playboy if you're uh, monogamous. Also, well, Pepper Potts should not end up with Happy Hogan She's in the 39. movies anyway. Well, no. Happy Hogan's a loser. Yeah. The 39 movies. is not that old. Uh, all right. Old I'm going to talk Let's say is uh, a <laughs> one from... Older. Here's one from Hello, I'm Andrew. I think this is his first post. Hello, Andrew. Uh, my, I had two favorite moments. The first one was when Banner and Stark win the helicarrier and, Hulk, and Stark gives Banner a little shock in an attempt to make him into the Hulk. Yeah. My second favorite moment is just Captain America getting the Wizard of Oz, Oz reference. That was, I thought that was really... That was one of the only <laughs> moments cute. at Captain America's cute. expense, and it was cool because he mm. still triumphed. It was cute. It's like, oh no, I got that oh, reference. I got that yeah. one. I got that one. Just uh, want to let you know that, guys. Uh, <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to first time poster Avon Bargsdale and uh, any other Wire fans who want to post in the forums. I encourage that to Avon Bo- Avon Bargsdale. Ah. That's my uh, Dominic West English Baltimore impression. He's using a burner. Bargsdale. Burner cell phone. Yes. No one's seen the wire here. That's no. okay. Yes, I've, I've heard of burner cell phones, though. Bur- but the way he has like extra vowels into it, Bar- uh, it's, a, it's a burner cell phone. Yeah, he's just a weird. I've heard of burner cell phones burner. on uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> but what did this poster say? Oh, is he? that important? He uh, <laughs> does say uh, in the after credit scene where Thanos is shown, uh, my my friend was uh, with me <laughs> that knows nothing about comics books, looks at me and says really loud. Yo, that blue guy's gonna fuck shit up. <laughs> I like Tyler's yes. Hellboy thing. Pop Smurf. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I wanted to make Brett mad, but he's easy to make mad. So let's see here. You just oh. have to say a wrong date. Uh, here's one by Czilla760. Mm-hmm. Love the scene when Thor shoots a lightning bolt at Iron Man, and then Jarvis tells him his suit is up to four hundred percent power. I thought that was pretty cool, too, that here Thor is attacking him in the way he thinks, but it, it'll hurt somebody. And then Thor just sucks it all up and blasts it right back at him. I, I just, uh, yeah. this, this, this scene, I might have said it last week, is my favorite scene. UFUX, uh, the best part of the movie is probably the split second in which Thor is uh, falling through the air before hitting Captain America's shield. And like that scene of like Iron Man, Cap, and Thor fighting one another, and then they hit this moment where like, you're fighting with your friend in the living room and knock over a vase. Yeah. And like, whoa. <laughs> Everybody stops. Like, That's a good analogy. Oh, man. Oh, man. I actually didn't really like the whole lightning charges his suit thing because, like, I don't know, the, his suit suspends my disbelief. Like, it's super high tech and cool. But, like, 
to me, that was just silly. Like, uh, the lightning charges the batteries to more than their capacity, and that, that's silly. <laughs> uh, that's more silly than all the rest of the yeah. movie. <laughs> also going to give out a shout-out in the later time forms to White Steve Harvey. Uh, his picture <laughs> reflects that. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I want to say Angry Bull, uh, Angry Bull says, I like how Black Widow finally got some character. And Iron Man 2, her job is basically to shake her ass in front of Iron Man. <laughs> Yeah, Colin Kapow comments about, like, she does get a really great moment with um, Tom Hiddleton as Loki. Like, that that's a really, mm-hmm. the, that interrogation scene reveals, I think, a lot about what makes Black Widow special, which I don't think mm-hmm. Iron Man 2 did well at all. She was no, just a, she was she was a sneaky spy too. with big tits. And her intro scene was good, where she's just getting yeah. interrogated, knowing full well, well that she's... Well, d- they do use that a lot. Yeah, like, she do does they? that multiple times but that's her thing. The... I know it's her thing, but it's just Psychological manipulation. Like, you know anytime she's talking to someone, she's about to flip it on her ear. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. You just you lose yeah. a little bit of that well, surprise, also... but the first time it happens, you're like, oh, fuck, It kind of yes. would have been nice if once it didn't work. Just... just to give us a surprise because yeah I guess every time I saw her doing anything I was like oh nope, she's about to she's gonna some, trick she's that guy boy that sure is um, why did somebody put that in the forum <laughs> I was gonna say Batman 5273 has that great scene with uh, Loki being smashed uh, and then yeah a naked woman being fucked by a guy painted green nice um, but you can see the green is coming off the base of his dick and through his armpits <laughs> well, which is totally this. not doing anything uh, to save my erection <laughs> All right, guys. Anyway, classy forums, guys. Oh, yeah, they are. Go uh, check them out at uh, or hulk.com. <laughs> hulk, that's right. Oh, man, I didn't even realize. So there you go. Maybe that's what um, it there. Let's see here. One last one I'm going to read. Okay. Uh, that would be Pedo Bear Claw. Uh, <laughs> right. First, I love that Whedon really got to show that he is more than just a cult icon. And then it's a three-way tie between, and then he says for second place, the three-way tie between I'm always angry, that uh, fucking circling group shot, mm-hmm. and the space guy that had the California raisin for a face. So yeah. All right, guys. This week's Can question. the title of the episode? What? Thanos to the Great Pine? No, that's Thanos, a, no. What? The... Thanos to the grave. It does. It's, it does, it's not good. That's not. Is it's that not a, I'm sorry. Is that supposed to be a parody of "I heard it through the grapevine"? Apparently, maybe Thanos through the grapevine. Maybe, what? maybe, uh, whatever. It's not the best parody. Shut up, Marvin Gaye. Why? Uh, all right, that's rude. Good. That's good. <laughs> all right. Uh, so this week, you know, not as much. We went Avengers crazy, but. I wanted to tie into uh, something that happened to me in the last week. Chris was talking about it, too. Hmm. I was reading, as well, the Avengers Assemble era of uh, Avengers, which started in 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was mid, mid to late 90s mm-hmm. stories. Uh, and so, But I was also reading other old ones. So I was going to talk about uh, uh, old comics that we love but still know are corny and not mm. good by today's standards. So, uh, Chris, why uh, you've got Avengers Assemble as well? I did, but like I, I brought this up before, like a, a personal connection through being a poor kid mm-hmm. uh, with ROM, um, <laughs> just buying quarter comics. Yeah, and I, I, I was showing you my iPhone background, like uh, th- something about that ink style back then. That those garish cosmic scenes mm-hmm. to me are some of the most gorgeous art. Like I, I, I don't even need to read. I just. I don't know. I love those. I love old Marvel 
depictions of space mm-hmm. when you could when there was no gradients to anything. Yeah, my problem, uh, the one thing I love and hate about those uh, the Avengers Assemble ones is mm-hmm. the like they all talk too much. Yep. They have to explain their powers like yep. the when you would never, especially not to an enemy, you would never yeah. say to an enemy. Hey, enemy, here's exactly how I'm going to hit you and what my power is. And they have those like uh, author, those Ed notes in them. Tons of editor notes, but especially with Avengers Assemble, mm-hmm. that's because it was they didn't write it intending to collect it or for it to stand on its mm-hmm. own. You were supposed to be reading it every month alongside Captain America and Iron Man and all the side books. Yeah. So, but if you weren't, they were still going to reference it. So when Iron Man is in bed convalescing instead mm-hmm. of hanging out with the Avengers... They have to say, oh, we found out that your iron, your current Iron Man armor was killing you. That's right. That's why I'm sick in bed. But yeah. I can still help oh, you yeah. remotely. Stuff like that. Yeah, a bunch of uh, cornball exposition before the previously unlost opening catch but my, up. But, I mean, that's something that goes all the way back to Marvel Comics in general, mm. where, uh, like, the way this scripting system would work, Stan Lee would figure out the plot line, the mm. plot of an issue with... Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. for, per se, then Jack Kirby would draw the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then as and he would take some liberties, and then Stan would write the words over everything. And so, if he felt uh, like you could tell, if he felt a panel didn't show you what it was supposed to, oh. then Spider-Man would say, "I have to twist my body at the last moment, and I hope I shoot this web. It's a million to one shot. I, oh, I got it." He'd say all of that in one panel. I like, need to. I need to somehow transmit the the letters "pow" out of my fist. <laughs> Post haste. Right. Should have uh, been funnier. Sorry. So yeah, that, a little more time with that one. I think it'd work. But I kind of I like when they can strike a balance by that, and that's one thing I really like about current Amazing Spider-Man, written by Dan Slott, mm-hmm. is that he can do storytelling like that, but he tries to make it as conversational as possible. Yeah. He had one of my favorites, which was in a recent. Um, he was fighting Sandman in a recent storyline and he came up with this program called Pink Elephant to beat him where he they basically broadcast shapes into his mind and Whoa. Sandman has to become those shapes And when he sees them like they just show pyramid towards him and he has to turn himself into a pyramid so it, it was a neat way of fighting a shape changing enemy I hadn't seen before but Spider-Man had to explain that to the reader how it works but then Spider-Man prefaces that by saying I'm going to explain this to you, Sandman, because it actually will work better the more you mm-hmm. know about it. Like, mm-hmm. that was just a cool line. I like that. Yeah. Anne or Tyler, any specific old books that you enjoyed but know they're when, bad? When it comes into my head, the first thing I think of, I'm a huge fan of old, campy garbage. Uh-huh. <laughs> Things that you think about, like the old 60s, 70s Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So campy and mm-hmm. ridiculous and my gaudy, word. and my I adore it. You mean I like just, when Harry Osborn got addicted to pills and Spider-Man yes. was fighting Morbius, the living vampire? Yeah. <laughs> Any of that, oh, that stuff that that's you look at, and you're like, that's the most ridiculous bullshit I've ever seen. The first time, like, yes. Henry described Marvel Iron Man Cannon fighting and made Santa Claus. Laugh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this, Ho-ho these things homicide? happen. Yeah, it happened. Oh, I have that issue. Oof, boy, that my, is one of my favorites. Oh, 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 ridiculous, ridiculous. Uh, oh. But yeah, that campy, awful garbage. I love it. I love it. I don't know. Anne knows I love, like, cheesy pulp sci-fi stuff. She actually got me an old comic uh, for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Birthday, yes. No, or Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, I suck. Uh, <laughs> Burr. 
Damn. Yeah, my birthday just happened. Birthday. I don't know why I thought that. You're uh, smoking your Christmas I, or your birthday present. I present. am. My, uh, that sounds my more illicit than... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I meant all the crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it looks like someone other than Peter Parker's dating Mary Jane. Um, yeah, I guess I don't have a specific. I just, I honestly like like comics more if they're awful. <laughs> well, yeah, is that part of the the writing or the art style? You think? Oh, I think it's the art style mostly. Okay. Like those, like I mean, I like pulp sci-fi. Uh, that's not necessarily comic. Sure. Usually, it's illustrated, like the amazing stories and the uh, yeah. Where did you incredible stories? Uh, go to Green Apple Books. Green Apple Books. Uh, and... They have uh, lots. Not the main store. They actually split mm-hmm. off. But uh, but how old are those things? Oh, I get, you get some from the 40s, 50s. I think I have one from the 30s. Usually yeah. they have like the best pen and ink illustrations like before <laughs> there was so much the comic book style pen and ink mm-hmm. illustrations where they really did like the crosshatch shading on everything and uh, mm-hmm. man, but it looks so good and they're so dumb. And uh, <laughs> But I have some comics of the same era and they're just, I don't know, they're hilarious and they only had three colors to work with and... Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's like, God, there's just one, there's one where the whole story is, it's like, the whole story is all this exposition about how, like, in the future, they realized there was a genetic, uh, um, a piece of genetic code that makes people criminals, and they figured out how to isolate it. So then, when they started finding people, when they arrested someone, they would test them if they had the genetic code, and if they did, they would send them off to another planet uh, that where they would be Planet exiled. Crime. Planet crime. And they would have to live there on this planet. I and think that's the plot of Lockout. Yeah. And form <laughs> societies there. And then, like, the whole, this whole exposition is a conversation between two, like, prison guards on the prison ship sending uh, the most recent prisoner. And then finally, at the end, it shows his face. He's Hitler. And the planet is Earth. <laughs> oh, I forgot how much that I happened. I think wow. this is the one I gave. It is, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yes, I, we I, are the crime planet of people genetically disposed <laughs> to evil. Aren't there a couple Twilight Zones where it ends with like the reveal is that you the were planet Hitler? was Earth? The pla- <laughs> it was Earth all along. <laughs> well, that was one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite uh, Futurama jokes. Was the the tw- the the creepy door? Is the that scary the, door. the scary door? The one where it was every it was every <laughs> twist in a row. And it was like. All right, uh, a casino where I'm always winning. This is heaven. Well, where I always win, then it's no fun. This is hell. Oh no, I'm on an airplane. Ava Braun, you have. Oh, he's like, please, you have to listen to me. There's a monster on the pl- on the wing. Why should we? You're Hitler. No, Ava Braun, please help me. Uh, yeah, but Henry Gilbert is about to fun. get his wish granted. <laughs> find out it's a little more than he bargained for. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think I think for me it's just that I you read comics now. I'm actually getting tired of Brian Michael Bendis really popularized conversational mm-hmm. dialogue and what would it would sound like if peop, if the people were realer and weren't just it, saying exactly what they were supposed to in a scene mm-hmm. or delivering all the information a reader needed to know. I like I like that at first that Bendis stopped doing it, but now Bendis's thing is becoming as much a cliche or overused as it is as those were back in the up to the late 80s so i kind of like to see a return to to, to too uh, much what's talking. this well not <laughs> even what's this but like silver sable what are you doing here i haven't seen you since i beat you back in in uh von du- von doomstan i don't know why why but you <laughs> sound like bad anime 
notes right now. No, but I will say that can, I think, be better than a Ned note. Because, like, in mm. reading A Brand New Day, like, there are a few times where, like, you're kind like, I don't know, it pulls me out when I see a Ned note saying, I don't know, we don't know what's happened during the Civil War. I, well, he's you, not dead, though. When you say something was retcon, like, that's really weird. Like, in, like, they have notes, to retcon kind of more retcon than a few, a few things. But then they put it in yeah. the middle of a panel. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, a lot of times it's on the cover or like when they reintroduce a retcon in an issue they kind of have to at least have a an asterisk saying yeah we know this is slightly counter to what we showed the way the head notes are written is so snarky Um, though like love tom we're the new creative team we don't know (laughs) it's just like it's one of my favorites was uh they're cute sometimes but sometimes it's like that now you're just i think the second issue ended with seemingly spider-man dying like like choking on a on a poison gas (laughs) spider-man Spider-Man choking on a poison gas, and then the characters, and then like at the end it said, well, that's the end of Spider-Man, guys. It's been a great 30 years, but he's dead now, obviously. You can't get out of this one. Let's see. What? Oh, we have an issue next week? Well, how do you know it won't just be 22 blank pages? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess you'll have to buy it to find out. (laughs) That did happen. And those are cute sometimes, but then sometimes they just kind of take me out of it because then i think in the next issue it's like they do some explanatory stuff of like here's the new universe and they go but like but spider-man's lying on the floor stop reading this and get going i'm like all right right." (laughs) it was supposed to be more fun that was the whole thing because the decade of spider-man comics that preceded brand new day were too serious far too serious and it is more fun i am enjoying it i mean i I like that he's just a broke guy who and i like that he's not a licensed superhero so he's kind of fighting shield and it sucks living with aunt may still yeah and and sad having trouble making it sad yeah can't sell any photographs because he took a break he's spider-man so much good stuff all right well so that's where we're going to end it for this week guys uh, make sure to visit us on lasertimepodcast.com or at hulkdick.com. Uh, also, I'm on this week's episode of Laser Time, the uh, Stingers one, which we've talked about already. Plus, there's a VG Empires coming around. I was on last week's about Mother. You should listen to that one, too. And, uh, All at lasertimepodcast.com. Yeah. Everybody's homework assignment this week. You want to know what it is? What? Read something by DC. Come on, just um, just I, do it. Okay. Read some DC stuff. Do I have to? <laughs> you, uh, I'll, I'll reread <laughs> some old Green Arrow stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all give DC another chance. We all make fun of the new universe, but uh, I'm gonna check out the JLA new stuff. Green you Arrow. It's yeah. Ridiculous. And maybe we'll have a link it. underneath this article. Bad. It's so bad. Yeah, I think we will. Stuff. Keep an eye out, guys. All right, and we'll see you next week. Cape Crisis. <laughs> The following has been a Laser Time production. Find out more, go to batmanthepodcast.com.